Hags podcast. I am Katie Nordgren. And I am Chris Jeppa. And with us today is the lovely and very talented uh, neoclassical urban folk singer, Calvin Arsenia. Hello, how Welcome. are you? All the way from Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> yes. Uh, Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell us about the best mac and cheese you've okay, ever had, this, Calvin. This was really embarrassing because you're like anybody who knows anything about mac and cheese is just going to think this is awful. No, this is a non judgment zone. Okay. I don't know if that's, that's true. No, we're very judgmental, but we won't be about your okay. preferences. I never made it, but I ate it, and it was delicious. Okay. Okay, it was the, the mac and, macaroni noodles yeah. with cottage cheese, okay. sour cream, okay. and, and shredded cheddar on top. That's very Midwestern, but I would eat the absolute shit out of that. It sounds Polish to me, actually. <laughs> very Midwestern. So oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so flavorful, and like it tasted like... Mac and cheese should taste. It sounds fully what you would get at like a St. Paul church... Like function of yes. some kind, I think a potluck dish. Yeah, it would be like hot dish or oh, something. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what they call it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love a fucking casserole with some cottage cheese in it, man. It's the best. It was so good. <laughs> I just straight up eat some cottage cheese right now. <laughs> Someone brought me ice cream to my office today. What? Yeah, my friend Tiana brought me ice cream. She's just, like came to visit. She brought me like a little cup of Haagen Dazs. What a mm. sweetheart. Yeah, so I'm just like, it's a good day for robust dairy snacks. <laughs> Um, we are recording live, as usual, from the Sea Hags Shanty Shack down by the Industrial Bluffs uh, in East Vancouver. And, uh, Calvin, this is your first time to Canada. First time ever. And uh, the first time that you've ever been this far west as well. We haven't quite taken you to see the Pacific Ocean, but we yeah. intend to dunk you in the sea right as soon as we're done. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Pacific um, Coast baptism. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Cleanse all of the Missouri off of you. And... No, I'll keep a little bit. <laughs> just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. Just the good stuff. Get rid of yeah. the bad stuff. <laughs> Yeah. I like it. You put on some of the bad Vancouver stuff. <laughs> There's a lot of weird bad Vancouver stuff, but, you know, so far so good. But at least we've yeah. got the ocean. We've had sushi already, so it that's... delicious. Uh-huh. It's so good. Ooh, so much food. The biggest bowl of miso ramen. <gasps> yeah. uh-huh. What a treat. Yeah. What yeah. a fabulous treat. We're recording on a Friday night again. We've been almost making a habit of this. It's okay. I love it. <laughs> I'm into it. I just normally wear like a Sunday afternoon kind of thing, so I always feel a little bit like, I don't know, gingham and... An innocence. <laughs> and Fridays, I'm always like, let's get fucking lit or something. <laughs> we day drink on Sundays, too. Yeah, but it's more like, I don't know, it feels, again, more like a church potluck or something. <laughs> just because you're a Midwestern mom, like, at heart. Oh, gosh, Chris, that's just a bit of a stereotype there. <laughs> a Margie Gunderson, as usual. Oh, God. I love it. Me well, too. we do have kombucha to balance out everything out. Yep, yep. It's a yin and yang beverages for sure. Some mm-hmm. wine and then booch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've also got some other really interesting things in the studio. We have a harp. <laughs> I feel like we're doing a PBS show right I know. now. <laughs> Like, the ghost of Mr. Rogers is just going to come and settle on the couch and teach us about being good neighbors. Oh, that would be nice. That'd be, that would really sell, I think. We'd actually get some listenership at that point. If we managed to get the ghost of Mr. Rogers to cameo on our Absolutely. podcast? Absolutely. Take off his little ghost shoes and put on some ghost slippers. Put on his ghost... Oh, you got a good zip-up cardigan there. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, oh I just... Leave. You have a rocket ship on the pocket. It's called a rocket pocket. Oh. 
Right? I could have... And there's... Like st- oh, that is the cutest sweater I've... <gasps> oh, my God. He has a I space wish, robot. I wish this were more of a visual medium, because oh. that is an describe incredible... I will describe it to them. It is a lovely... It is similar to a cowichan sweater a bit, but it's got a zip in the middle. Uh, there, It is a c- <laughs> nice cream color with, like, a good, like, toothsome knit. <laughs> The stripe, the stripe across the top is both red and blue. Uh, and maybe that's suitable one. from the... Oh, is it also yellow? It's yeah, dark in here. It's hard to tell. Primary tie. colors. And then there are the pockets that have the same trim. There's one that has a rocket ship. That is the aforementioned rocket pocket. There are stars on the other pocket. The back has a giant, cool, friendly robot. Now, can I tell you why this is significant to you me? Miss. There's two reasons. So a singer-songwriter, an um, uh, Americana singer-songwriter that lives in Edinburgh gave it to me. And um, it was to keep me warm when we were outside, uh, like, around a fire. And it was damp and and cold. And then I took it home after that, uh, because that's where Chris and I met. Mm -hmm. But then also, um, uh, I also relate to robots a lot, because when I was 12 (laughs) years old, um, my femurs fractured. Oh, Jesus. And so they had to reattach them with titanium. Ooh. So and you're a cyborg. So I am bionic. That's fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I, I like robots. It's very of. hard to break both of your femurs. Oh, you I have did to it. be really dedicated. <laughs> so I was just growing so fast that they fractured. Holy, f- you are very tall. Yeah, I did. I, I did you were not. not our tallest <laughs> guest, though. I don't think. Who was I think it? Dom is slightly taller. How tall are you? Six six. Oh no, okay. you guys are the same height. I thought he was six seven. No, he. I thought he corrected oh, he me to six. Did six. he shrink? But he also has big hair. That's true. And if you took your hair out, it would probably be very big as well. Maybe, Maybe you guys have to battle. <laughs> no. <laughs> you just make beautiful music. <laughs> but I like, like if the devil went down to Georgia except with a harp and a guitar. Oh. I think that would be pretty cool. Yes. Calvin and I plan to make music a lot this weekend. Basically, we're thinking, you know, what am I even trying to say? I'm very rambly today. <laughs> um, we we're just talking about visiting each other. I was maybe going to go to Kansas uh, City for Folk Alliance, but mm-hmm. then didn't. And uh, I don't really have a lot of money to travel. And I feel like I've been, you know, traveling lots. And then I'm like, come visit me. And he was like, actually, yes, I totally will. <laughs> uh, and then some other singer-songwriters from Scotland that you knew are also going to be in town at around the same time. That's so exciting. And so I booked a show for all of us at, like, a cozy little studio. And I'm very excited. Is that tomorrow night? It's on Sunday night. And uh, Mm. Saturday night we're playing at uh, Lost and Found Cafe for a Gallery Gachet fundraiser with the Creaking Planks. So the Creaking Planks lineup, uh, my band normally has like just a random assortment of characters, always an accordion player, but usually like two or three ukulele players, a mandolin player, washtub bass. And it's just like whoever shows up on the day is the lineup. And for this particular show, it's going to be accordion, cello, cajon, a cajon player that doesn't usually play with us. It's like the drum box okay. thing and a harp. Yeah. So that'll be the creaking planks. And people will be like, this is unexpected, <laughs> which is exactly how we like it. I feel it. like the <laughs> unexpected is what's expected of the yeah. creaking planks at this point. Pretty much. Um, what venue is that going to be at? Uh, Lost and Found Cafe. And where is this? Which is uh, Hastings... An Abbott-ish. I see. By the I time see. that you hear this, it will already be over. So this is terrible promo. You know, I was like, <laughs> I'm just planning my weekend. So oh, you like, well, I have a, I have a thing I'm going to, but I also like, I thought like, oh, yum, 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 yum. I'm like, mm. <laughs> I can just be a real girl about town, you know. The Sunday night show is going to be really lovely because mm-hmm. it's at like Comfy Couch Studio. Oh, where is that? It's at uh, the corner of Clark and Powell. Oh, fancy, mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, I will, I will take it under. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be wonderful. Calvin and I have not played music together for three years, yes. so I'm really excited. Or uh, seen each other. Or seen each other in at real all. life flesh. Yeah, we just chatted. 
Yeah. Found it on the internet, so thank you, internets. Yeah. What do you think about making friends in far-flung places? With that... the internet, though. Yeah, well, I... the, with the internet. It would have sucked without the internet. Because I think that right now we're living in a time that's so different than any other time in, in history, mm -hmm. where you can actually make friends and keep them mm -hmm. overseas and yeah. over long distances of land, and it doesn't take a horse and buggy to get a letter to them, you know what I mean? <laughs> thank goodness for that. <laughs> Those like, horses were working very hard. Right, but like in an instant... I can be in touch with Chris. Yeah. From anywhere in the world. That's, how, that's ironically sort of how I always communicate with her too, even though we're very physically <laughs> Exactly. So yeah. so everyone's on the same plane and you yeah. have no excuse that like, if you don't want to talk to oh, somebody, yeah. like that's a choice you make. Oh yeah, I'll talk to, I'll talk to, I'll be talking to you and talking to someone in London at exactly the same time. And I'm like, I feel so connected to my friends yeah. right now. It's, <laughs> it's made me thing. feel better. Like I've been writing about my trip to Edinburgh a lot, actually, because our mm. friend Tracy Stefanucci has moved to Stockholm and was writing a blog called Fulfillment Center and like talking about relocating as like a 30-year-old, mm. which seems like kind of a daunting task when your whole network is here. And she wanted us to write like responses that, you know, we read her blog and what comes up in your mind. So I wrote a lot about going to Edinburgh and like learning about myself and mm -hmm. all these different things. And I was just thinking about... Um, like meeting you basically mm. was really incredible. Um, and then just realizing that like my network of friends has grown so much. And even though I think that like I've, I'm so connected in Vancouver, you know, I can get mm -hmm. so much shit done. I like arranged a wedding for someone in like 30 seconds on Twitter uh, <laughs> for like one of our uh, residents at one of the supportive housing. Oh, wow. Things. Yeah. Oh my god, you like help deliver someone's baby there. You help fucking get people married. Yeah. Like you're just like a little little community witch. The wedding thing was fun because <laughs> I just tweeted out like, hey, this man is he was in palliative care. He wants to marry his girlfriend so that she can get his pension when he dies. Oh. Like next week. Very romantic. So can we get this together? And I know because I play cello for weddings, I know a lot of wedding planners. And so I got cake, flowers, all of that just donated in like Aww. 30 seconds, which was really... You are a little community witch. I love it. I love <laughs> it. That's totally my magical power. That but is. so I was like, oh, you know, if I move somewhere else, then I'm going to lose that because all my people are here. Mm -hmm. And then moving somewhere else really made me realize that my people are the same kind of people. Right. And they're you all just over find the world. Your people. Right. And yeah, I'll just find them and make the network. But the, the, open the other thing too is that the, like when you leave somewhere... <laughs> <laughs> When you leave somewhere, you haven't really left it. Mm -hmm. Like, like you don't get to be blotted out of that community's history. No. And so, like, when you Especially know somebody, if you're cool. right? <laughs> but if you're connected and you invest, like, it'll always be there. Well, if you're connected and invest, then you're probably cool. Yeah. That's, that's generally what I yes. think of being cool. It's like being engaged and being somebody that people want to interact with. <laughs> yeah, that's, totally. That's a mm -hmm. skill that you develop. It's mm -hmm. not something that you just have inborn. I don't think you yeah. gotta Absolutely. know how to connect with people in a way that's like. Well, the way you do it. I like the way you do it. That's why we're friends. <laughs> the way that I met Calvin was pretty magical. Yeah. Can I tell the story? Yeah. Um, so I was in Edinburgh for about three weeks, um, just trying to find somewhere to live. I was staying at like an Airbnb thing. And then once I found my apartment, which was that place in Marchmont by the park, which mm -hmm. was super beautiful. Yeah. Once I found that, then I'm like, cool, now I have my home base for the summer. I'll go rent my cello. So I rent the cello. I take it back to my apartment. And then I'm like, hmm. I could play in here, or I could go sit on a park bench and play. So I'm walking through the meadows, which is, like, the big park, and this big group of people are sitting and jamming. And it was Grant and Tommy and Baz uh -huh. and, like, all these people. And mm -hmm. then I just, they were like, cellist, come and join us. Come okay. sit down. Okay. Like, sure. So I just did. <laughs> I, like, sat on someone's guitar case. And then, like, we started doing this really droney jam at one point. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly Calvin appears walking down the meadows path as well uh -huh. and starts singing along with your beautiful voice. I have footage of that day. Yes. And we should share it on your pod. Like, okay. uh, let's, let's, yeah. You can definitely do we'll, that. We'll put a link to it. Because there is footage of that moment. 
Yeah. That is yeah. so mystical. <laughs> again, like, that's the whole te- technological advancements and stuff. Like, we have these records of things right. that we wouldn't normally have. Like, I, yeah. I was telling Chris a couple weeks ago, like, I... Um, Noticed that my Gmail storage was starting to actually creep up to like yeah. midway. I was like, well, I'm going to just delete some shit. So I started looking for everything over 15 megs. And it pulled up recordings from the last big birthday party I ever had when oh, I was yeah. 25. So mm. this is six years ago. Um, what I used to do, and it was so fucking fun. Oh, my God. I used to, uh, my parents, God bless them, leave the country on my birthday every single year. And I've been doing that since I was probably so 13 endearing. or 14. That's so They're endearing. They're just like, bye, we're going for a month, and it just happens to be on your birthday. My, no, my birthday's the first of the month, so it's the first of March, so I get it, but I also just love it, because I get, like, it's something I can just needle them with. Make them just the tiniest bit guilty and, like, get what I want for dinner or something if no, I'm going you're on. you're revealing your secrets, and they listen to this. Oh, shit. Well, they know. <laughs> we're all very devious in a, in a loving way. Um, so they would leave town, and I would get their permission to just throw a big party, and I'd tell the neighbors and stuff. Like, I'd let my next-door neighbors know. Like, I'm just having some people over, so if it's kind of loud, just let us know before you, like, call the cops or whatever. And they never did, no, so... we were very responsible. We were very responsible, so we would you just... You were at these parties, too? Yes. Oh, of course. We've been friends since I, we were, like, 18, probably. Okay. So... This is news to me. Okay, well, we've known each other a very, very long time. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, for but a third of our lives, I suppose. Yeah. And, um, and I used to be in a band, and, like, I just had a lot of musical friends. So they would all come out to North Delta, which is... Uh, very suburban, over the Fraser River. You would have flown over it mm-hmm. when uh, you were flying into town, for sure. And uh, <laughs> so it's like you got to take transit out there. It's a big rigmarole, so everybody would just stay over. Sort of like a 25-person sleepover in like this big suburban house that had amazing acoustics. Because <laughs> it was a very open plan, so it was like really resonant. And, and it had so one of have... those like classy like sunken living rooms, so that was like the jam pit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we got really cute pictures of me like straddling you, like you teaching me to play cello or something, or you're straddling me. I don't, mm-hmm. One of us is straddling the other. You're sitting, playing the cello, and I have my legs wrapped Your around little leggies. bowing. <laughs> Your little leggies are around me. Yeah, and that, so we would have, like, these amazing parties, uh, and just, like, everybody that I knew and cared about would come out, so we'd have 25, 30 people out there just drinking and smoking the reefer and making beautiful music, and... Uh, uh, so I have, like, audio recordings of this now because my friend Jenna brought one of those little, like, you know, the ones with the, the, the little, tool, yeah, like mm-hmm. a little Zoom recorder that was really, like, very high quality and did, like, just, we had a kitchen table jam and yeah. uh, so we got, like, John Conley's rose-colored glasses and MP3 <laughs> and, like, all of these are, like, Stan Rogers songs that mm-hmm. we all sang together. So, it was so fantastic. you're saying that you're going to release, like, some, like, basement tapes of, like... Oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna put out a mixtape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From, uh, from my time in the Slammer. As far as as I'm concerned, I want to hear that. Yeah. Yes, from the outsider's perspective, I want to hear that. That's so wonderful because. It's like a lot of me and uh, Nick Smith singing together. Okay. And so we've got, oh, also the um, the song that always just makes me cry when I think about it, because he and I sing it together, and we do a fucking great job, if I may say, <laughs> which is the Graham Parsons and Amy Lou Harris song, um, Sin City. Oh, yeah. Uh, but as done by, I think, Amy Lou Harris and Beck, <laughs> which is a very interesting re- revision. Uh, so we do that. And when? it's like, now I realize I have a recording of that, which is great, because it was always just up in my release old noggin. Release the tapes, release the tapes. <laughs> <laughs> I will release the tapes. <laughs> they are in MP3 form. It would be very easy for me to put it online. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, let's do that. I want to hear let's it. Let's do that. I want right? to hear it. Yeah. Okay. Calvin, we'll you have on. a whole album that's like found recordings and yeah. Yeah. So the the, the last full release that I um that I put out was called Prose, and I recorded that when I was living in Edinburgh uh, with um, a, a friend who played cello. Um, Not an, me. Another cellist, right? The, the Jellyman's daughter guy. Yeah. What his was his name was Graham Jellyman. Cole. <laughs> yeah, the, the Jellyman's daughter. What's the Jellyman? That's the name of their band, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the 
the jelly man. That's a whole story, but how I'll, do you become the jelly man? I'll bring them over from from Scotland and I'll have them tell you the story. How that's. Okay, great. Um, but so I recorded that um, at the Edinburgh uh, Napier University mm-hmm. because uh, Graham was a student at the time and he was doing an audio engineering uh, degree. Gotta, I love so, it when friends have those student connections. And yeah. Like, Can I please use all this equipment that you have free access right. to? Thank you. <laughs> right. So we, I think we recorded six songs there over the course of a few days, and then I brought in a whole bunch of singers to do like a choir piece. And um, but throughout my whole time in Edinburgh, like I was kind of secretly recording everything, <laughs> and um, and actually I'm pretty sure that lots of people haven't listened to it still, and they don't know that they're on it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I think if you use less than ten seconds of something, then it's totally free game. So um, I did like hodgepodges of, of different uh, rehearsals and and even some conversations. Um, I like it. Yeah, and it's like to, a musical collage. It, yeah. It's exactly that. I call it a sonic documentary because it was like it was oh, wow. a it was I a like yeah. But when you're listening to it, you feel the, the air and you yeah. smell the hops and and you taste the haggis. And, um, and, and <laughs> or the whiskey or whatever you want to be tasting. Okay, that one, sure. Okay. Haggis is pretty tasty. So I've good. eaten haggis chips and they were delicious. No. Oh, did you like them? Oh yeah, the flavor's great. It's just the mental thing. This is not great. Yeah, It's yeah, just yeah. sausage. It's all just organ meats. You yeah, start thinking about it. It's sausage that, that you actually know what's in it, though. That's true. They, they're, <laughs> they're very clear. I just don't want to know how the sausage gets made. Yeah. <laughs> the but, out of the trade, how the sausage gets made. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Also got Katie hooked on Hamilton. Is that in this? Is that in this? Yes. Okay, because I clearly haven't. You like... haven't listened to disc two yet. I don't think. No, I keep just re-listening to the first disc because I don't want it to be over. <laughs> it's so good. Um, anyway, sorry, Carrie. Yeah. So I just have this album, and I just got it online. Mm-hmm. And uh, Spotify will link. Yeah. So if you're into trippy experimental things. So I would certainly hope that anybody listening to this podcast is. <laughs> right. So you there. Uh, <laughs> you there. In the you, computer. You there. No, I, I think you would enjoy it. And I, I'm, I think, you know, sometimes when you have some distance between you and a project, you, you kind of have a little bit more perspective about how that project could is going to exist in time, you mm-hmm. know? And when I listen to it now still, a few years later, I it, it brings me back so many great memories. And, and I think that... Uh, that any listener would would hear the the value of the people and and relate to the to the random nights out, um, you know, and just singing mm-hmm. random covers of songs in four part harmony yeah. and and, um, and and walking, you know, probably, um, you know, walking home after a party. Um, <laughs> I guess it's and, like do the same as making a scrapbook, hey, but just with sounds instead of it's all of that. It's totally yeah. the same thing. I actually have a ton of voice memos from that trip as well. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of like different shows, like in the yeah. Tron Kirk around yeah. the festival time. Like I have a few different sets from people. Oh my gosh! I've got lots of recordings from the Captain's Bar. So that was the main thing that um, Calvin and then our friend Grant had said on the first day. Because I was like, where are the jams? Like there are lots of awesome people mm-hmm. busking. Like where do you guys? Meet, and, meet up, yeah, yeah, and they were like, oh, Captain's on Sunday, and it was, like, Friday or something. I never went there. I know, but Grant every went. time, Every time I looked in that place, it was always, like, wet. Like, like the window. It was Scotland. The, no, 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 but the window inside was like yeah. was like dripping and and foggy and. It's just like everybody's in in wool. <laughs> yeah, and you just raining inside. Yeah. Like, and then like, I guess like when you're drunk, you're steaming, right? Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. So that's an experience. Pure, pure steaming, like. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, but literally like the steam was coming off of everyone. Like it was a dark, sweaty bar, and I loved it. Like that was my home base. I even, you love that shit. Even yeah. remember where it what it looks like. Yeah. But Royal Oak Yes. Was that was of, the other spot. Yeah. And, and um, also Pinkies, of course, with Cameron mm-hmm. Fair. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. So then so I got fun. to I got to know through this one meeting in the park of everybody like where all the good shit was in Edinburgh, which yeah. was so That's cool. So fate. Yeah, kind of. But that's well, just Edinburgh at the, at the time. It, it, it just felt like magical music summer camp, basically. That summer was so cool. And then when I went back a year later, it just the vibe was different. It was also October. Yeah. So you're not like sitting out in the park playing music right. and stuff like that. But it's like, it feels like when people are gearing up for the Fringe Festival, the few months before, is everyone's making connections mm-hmm. to be like, who's going to play with me? Who's going to be in my band? Who's going to run this venue? Like, let's start all networking together. Mm-hmm. So by the time the festival came around, I had a gig every day for a month. Mm-hmm. Which is really awesome. Yeah. You find out about like all the good busking spots, like the mm-hmm. port, Pottero Port, where it's like super yes. echoey and oh, beautiful. Anyway, it just like it was a good, <laughs> it was a good town. Yeah. So I still, still I still is. think fondly. Yeah. I really want to go to Edinburgh. I <laughs> went. I went a little bit earlier this year, in the beginning of May. Mm-hmm. And I just went to go kind of to see people because it had been two years, and I actually was there on the on the two year anniversary of me leaving. Right. Which was probably the most traumatic event of my life. Yeah. Uh, because I went to Edinburgh with the sole purpose of, of connecting with people and loving the music scene and being creative and seeing people's dreams come true and then and in turn seeing my own dreams come true. And and so I invested ruthlessly in the people there. <laughs> um, in a very intentional way, you know? And yeah. um and and knew that in order to do that that I had to to be a little bit um very open and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and be- it's it's a two way street, you know. Yeah. So you can't expect someone else to be vulnerable if you're not willing to do the same. And right. so, and sometimes you have to lead that process. And so I was totally open to all of that. Yeah, <laughs> I was totally open to all of that. And I was just, you know, I was learning a lot about myself and about what my dreams were, you know, uh-huh. and and exploring that. And I was, you know, seeing different life coaches at the time too. And so I I grew a lot in that process. Um, and fell in love with a lot of people in a really real way, mm-hmm. and um, and so I was like, it's time to see my family, and so I went over and visited, and um, and I was there for a total of eight days. I lost my voice on probably the third night, and uh, <laughs> kept singing anyway because you know what? It's not about the music really. It's about the people, <laughs> yeah. and it's about the connection, and it's about the moments that you share together, and um, and it was really beautiful. Yeah. That's so good. I'm glad. Like. <laughs> To be able to go back to a place and reclaim a little bit of that connection, like, because it does feel, even though you stay connected through the internet and you're mm-hmm. talking to people, like, to go back sometimes it can feel like a letdown, or if it's mm-hmm. like, oh, people don't maybe remember me, or the things don't feel the same, but it's like, the people that were really important to me remembered me, and we hung out all the time, and the people mm-hmm. that, turns out, weren't that I thought they were, and then they kind of weren't, <laughs> like, <laughs> they didn't make time to see me, they yeah. didn't... Uh, I'm thinking of specific Yeah, they're people. definitely <laughs> a specific person. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> I was in the loop. I don't, I don't know, like, I, I had no experience of this trip, but I, have I, a I voice, sure was. I have a voice recording of this specific person singing in the shower that was very intimate that I still have, and mm. I kind of want to just keep that. It's <laughs> very nice. Probably. Anyway. You have those yeah. digital, like, digital ephemera because it's really hard to hold on to physical things sometimes, mm-hmm. I think. And the nice thing about the digital stuff is that you can discover it later. Like, mm-hmm. if you, like, pull up your old hard drives and things like yeah. that. Like, I found... Today, actually, our uh, friend of the podcast, Caitlin Fontana, yeah. uh, had posted that she is waiting. She's, you know, about our age, like, what, 32, 33, maybe? Something. She posted something about, I can't wait for grade 12 so I can really fully get into my goth face. <laughs> <laughs> and so I posted a picture of me from grade 12 on her, from my full-on goth face. <laughs> and she's like, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Because I just was like, hey, hang on, I think I have a really good picture of me from grade 12 on my tripod page that I can't log into and shut down 
from that time in my life. So it's like you can still go back and find those things. Where that's like, a double edged sword. I've thrown out. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, because it's I can't even get just in my posting. MySpace. You know, like I don't know how to get in there either. You know, there's like all or, or pure volume or like Zanga. You know, like there's all this stuff out there. It's like a Friendster uh, account or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many things out there. It's like. uh yeah, I wish the, I don't I can't know. remember the password for that or whatever. Can you get in there? Can you call them? Like, is there a number to call? Be <laughs> Just like, say, hi, I died. Can you please <laughs> take this down? <laughs> we could all do that on behalf of each other. Like, yeah. hi, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> my friend died. <laughs> please take down their MySpace. <laughs> this is the first, this is their final wish was that I close their MySpace. <laughs> well, their final wish was delete all their browser history. Then <laughs> close down their <laughs> then close down the MySpace page. But, oh, but I like being able to. Is... I really like being able to find that stuff again, you know, because it's uh, with the physical stuff. Like I check shit out all the time. I'm ruthless in mm. my uh, in my un unburdening of mm. physical things. I think I'm. A, I'm very like that. I got that Marie Kondo ruthlessness, like that. Is that KonMari? Uh, the, the, the tidying up or whatever it yes. is. Like my place isn't that tidy, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a minimalist, but I like checked out a lot of actual photographs. Yeah, recently. you're not super. I don't get the impression ever that you're that super sentimental about like treasuring these items, but you just have like lots of There's fun memories in your heart. I have my like childhood dog's collar still, right? Like I haven't checked that out, but. Uh, but there's other things. It's just, like, photos from my whole adolescence. It's like, I'll save the negatives and check everything else out, Oh, right? where are you like, going to get negatives developed? I guess you probably still you get can. Like a, anyway. You get, like, a scan it through a scanner, and then it just, like, turns into digital photos, which is what I should do, probably. Well, I assume this is a thing that can happen. I don't know that that's <laughs> factually true. So, but I also don't need a picture of me from a grade 10 dance. Like... I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a few pictures. But maybe though. the pictures aren't for you. They're for your ancestors or for your my, friends or my, for your memorial, you know? My <laughs> antecedents, I guess. Probably not my ancestors. Oh, yeah. They're not, already dead. Sorry, not that. <laughs> they don't know me But the people well. who will call you ancestor. Yeah. Antecedents, I think, is the word. Yeah, descendants well, and antecedents. Or descendants, my descendants. Yes, Antecedents that. are my ancestors. Fuck, I fucked up. <laughs> it's okay. Non-judgment space. Oh, non thank you. Space. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it cleanses everything once. <laughs> well, Katie, on, on another episode, we were talking about getting a bell tree so that we had that for effect, but this harp is great. Like, Can we just keep this? Is uh, Long McQuig going to charge a lot? 100 bucks a month. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, okay, no then. I think unless someone wants to donate to the podcast, $100 a month. So $100 a our... month for this. It's worth it to me. That is definitely like a scene change sound. Yeah. Or I could just record some glissandas for you. And we could just use them? Put them, them in there. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's much more economical, but you it's could, a little less I'm, satisfying for me. The, the radio DJs, you know, like they like have the buttons, you know? Mm -hmm. so like, hey, you know, welcome like, to the drive time with Katie and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> the most, like, sensitive drive time show ever. You want to talk about your feelings while you're stuck in traffic? Give us a call. <laughs> Listen Shit. to that show, like the empathy, empathy hour. The empathy hour. Oh. Empathy hour, Gideon Chris, drive time, fart, fart noise. <laughs> <laughs> Toilet flushing noise. <laughs> oh, we have fun here on the Sea Hags podcast. Oh, we're so Don't sweaty. Worry. It yeah. is hot today. Mm -hmm. You were talking, Calvin, that like Kansas City is like 100 degrees or whatever, and yes. you just had to um, come to terms with having a body and sweating. Yeah, I hate sweating so much. Me too, I hate it. Like, but I think mostly because when I'm when I'm performing, I always sweat. Yeah. Right. And then I get off the stage, and people want to hug me, and I want to hug them, and I have to say, "Don't touch me, I'm sweaty," and it just breaks my heart, and it breaks theirs too, and I hate it. That's a conversation I have with my <laughs> wife a lot. Don't hug me, I'm sweaty. She goes, "I don't care." I'm like, "I do." <laughs> I'm so disgusting and human. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damp. But yeah. then I was saying the dogs don't have sweat glands, you know, like 
like they don't they don't have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. But like I'm having to like learn to love myself. Learn to love your sweatiness and my humanness mm-hmm. because it's a part of the body. That sounds difficult though. It's horrible. It's really bad. But I'm, but I'm gonna do it. I've good for to you. It. That's yeah. good. That reminds. I don't mean to make this. Don't want to make this all about myself now. But that whatever. just reminds me of because uh, we didn't do a check in this week. Oh, yeah. uh, normally we do, but who cares? Like whatever. It's the same fucking shit as always. <laughs> But Chris, Chris was being ultimate supportive friend, and she came out to see my stand-up show last night, even though it was going to run late and kind of be terrible. But it you ended gave up, me a ride home. That I, was fine. You were pretty drunk when we left, so I didn't really want to. Yeah, we weren't going to leave you. Yeah, we're I, not, should, I just yeah. <laughs> Actually, you were adorable. It really made me laugh. Oh. I loved it. <laughs> I just remember being in the car with your wife driving, and then me just like yelling stuff. <laughs> Pull over! I saw a pony toss. <laughs> I was I was playing Pokemon in the car. Oh my gosh! There's a Charmander, Chris. That's just a reflection of me in the side mirror. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so I had a I had a stand up show last night, and it uh, it was like it's always awkward. Like stand up shows are very awkward, but my set was really good, and I had my last joke that I tried was it landed so well, and it's all about like fuck, it's so much work to take care of yourself, and I'm so sick of it. Yeah, I stopped a while ago. <laughs> but you look great for not taking care of yourself Thank at all. You. You're so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, self-care is so exhausting. I'm just, it's interminable. It never fucking ends. You just have to keep doing it. Right. No, every day, every time I, I feel hunger, I think to myself, I just fed you. I just fed you. Leave me alone. <laughs> You just gotta put something else in there. Right, like, just every day. It's nonstop. I'm offended, frankly. It's so expensive. And the more, like, my weird startup, like, four hour (laughs) work week, four hour body friends are all like, why don't you just get some Soylent? Just drink Soylent. (laughs) What's that? Great name for something. It's like, it's a meal replacement, and it's mostly, I think it's soy based. It's like soy milk, basically, but with all these nutrients. But it's like, why did you call this food? Thing, Soylent, like Soylent Green from the fucking movie, whatever movie that was. So where, I think it's called Soylent Green. Yeah, where Soylent Green is made of people. Like, we're going to find out that this Soylent food replacement is also made of people, I'm sure. What it, what it made me th- vegan? What it made me think of first, though, was yeah. like, 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 uh, Soylent, like, like it's to, to soil yourself with. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, soil the like insides w- of your dirty, well, filthy, like, mammal soil body. Soil means to, like, you know, to poop on yourself. Do, right? I do know that. So, like, so it makes me think, like, this will make you poop on yourself. Probably. <laughs> if, if all you do is, like, drink weird-ass milkshakes, probably you will not have a lot of fiber, and therefore... Right. Oh, no, they're high in fiber. It's Ugh. it's nutritionally complete, but it's just, like, it's chalky vanilla butts, basically, is what I've heard I was talking with our like. friend Hillary, and I guess her friend drinks these pretty, like, regularly, because he's the type of person that just, like, will forget to eat until, like, 9 p.m. Or just does not care about food or doesn't like Yeah, doesn't eat. care about, like, flavor or whatever. I don't understand people like eating. that. Yeah, me too. My cousin is like that, too. He's, like, really into working out, and he's like, yeah, just eats, uh, you know, grilled chicken breast and steamed broccoli every day, because it's just, like, it's the perfect thing, and it gives me all the protein for my fuel. weightlifting, and it's just fuel, calories in, and I I'm, like... I like to eat. I don't need to live. Yeah. It's, and... Yeah. And for the listener at home, I just patted my general bulk. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, food is so wonderful, and it has so many more connotations besides just nutrition. It's music to my mouth. <laughs> 
That's so stupid. I love it. <laughs> Judgment free zone. Well, well, honestly, it when, came out neutral in the end. <laughs> when I'm cooking, I'm I'm literally I feel like I'm composing an orchestra. Like there's a bass and there's like there's like a rhythm and there's bom bom bom. Yeah, the onions they're just the, uh, there. yeah bom, yes bom bom yes yes. Do you feel yes. what you're talking about? Do you feel and, so seen right now? <laughs> No. No, like just like, Namaste. I, I see you. Oh I really yeah, see yes, you. yeah. So My soul and, like, your soul. The the um, <laughs> lemons and and salt and uh, oh, the lemons are like a triangle. Ding, ding, yes! Ding, ding. yes, yes. And the, the parsley. <laughs> oh, the parsley is a piccolo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, I'm just like naming instruments I can see in the room. And then there's like. Can you see a piccolo in here? <laughs> no, but I assume there is one. There is one. Yeah, I'm like, I, it's so small. I actually don't know where it is. And I hope oh, I, I think I was sitting on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord. So cooking, yes. Cooking is Eating, cooking is a beautiful like if you could only experience. if you could only eat when you wanted to, yeah. and not because your body demanded it. That'd be nice. That would be so great. Mm-hmm. But I do enjoy the like extra kick of seasoning that hunger gives your food. Where you're it's like, true. if you are actually like quite hungry, and then you like eat a delicious thing, you're just like, yeah, <laughs> yes, thank you, yum. <laughs> and like the spices just come when I'm not hungry and I eat a thing, which I do a lot because emotions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like it just doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't taste as good, or at least it makes you think about your choices more when you can like really taste everything in that like pang of just like I just want to eat something because I'm very hungry. Like the like, craving. Yeah, yeah. It really it enlivens so en- the experience. You enjoy the crave. I do. Mm. All right. Yeah, a little, just a touch of desperation. <laughs> I just really like it. Just a little something on the edge. Like, like just to get with dinners, little... you've really, like, resigned yourself to the mix. Well, <laughs> often we eat way too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, when it gets to the point where it's just like, I should have eaten a while ago and now I'm eating, it just doesn't ever quite work. <laughs> I, had a, I had a weird eating day. Normally I have a very, I don't want to say regimented way of, of eating, but, because uh, I work, right? Like, I go to work and I have time to take breaks and whatever. I usually like eat a granola bar and yogurt in the morning. And then I have a lunch that was my dinner from the night before. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have like something else in the afternoon. But today I was just like 1030 or so. I was fucking starving, like just rabid. I wanted to eat a meal mm-hmm. and I wanted something super specific. I wanted, there's Renaissance coffee at SFU and they have these butter chicken wraps. Oh, it's yeah. just like a pile of carbs. It's just like rice <laughs> and sauce. There's like no chicken. Really? It's just <laughs> rice and sauce in a tortilla. So it's just like pure starch. And that's what I wanted. And I ate it and I was mm-hmm. so satisfied after. Like just so, so happy with it. And then someone brought me ice cream and then I wasn't hungry for my very healthy lunch. <laughs> so I like ate part of it and chucked it in the garbage. <laughs> Sorry, the recycling because we do green bins at oh, SFU. Good. Oh, good. It's a sustainable good. campus. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to be a zero waste way. campus, but we're getting there. Very good. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. pretty funny. Hey, the best laid plan. Sometimes you bring your healthy lunch and then just other stuff beckons. Sometimes and... your girlfriend brings, well, your friend who is a girl. I don't want to be confusing here because <laughs> that is a very confusing term. <laughs> Uh, brought me some delicious fucking ice cream, yeah. and that was just so cool. Katie, I think our taste buds have synced up because oh, really? I had butter chicken pizza today. <laughs> oh my, we were just like really craving that. So it was kind of grisly. Gr- I don't gray. know what that is. You uh, know what butter chicken is? Is that a curry thing? Do they yeah. have Indian people in Missouri? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> you were talking about the, the Korma connection. Yeah, the Korma Sutra. The Some, Korma someday Sutra, we'll right? find yeah. it. The Korma connection. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. No, Korma Sutra is the place this that restaurant, you said. Yeah. That's yeah. hilarious. Uh, I guess it's pretty much the same thing as chicken tikka masala. It's just saucier. It's Mm. like, yeah, creamy, creamy tomato, spicy chicken. But then they just put that sauce 
mm-hmm. that like nice orange sauce, like on a slice of pizza with some chicken chunks, and it was get really from, good. We used to be able to get that from Pizza Factory on Sixteenth and Fraser, mm-hmm. which is now Sal y Limon, mm. uh, which looks upgrade, way more delicious. Upgrade, upgrade. But I did. Oh no, actually, that's my old laundromat. The Pizza Factory is something different now. It's oh, okay. like nothing changed in that neighborhood until like five seconds ago. <laughs> it was exactly the same as when I moved out, and now it's just totally different. Like it stayed the same forever, and then just poof, when I wasn't looking, it totally mm. changed. But mm. that's fine. Change. Yeah. You apparently, can still get a butter chicken pizza somewhere else, so that's good. Fresh slice, man. Really? Just the franchise down the street from here Fresh has darn. like two really wonderful dudes from Southern India. Shit, they told me the place and then I forget. But they Not they Mumbai? now make a I don't know. I actually don't know where Mumbai is. They make they make a good butter chicken pizza. <laughs> well, good they on. take like you know like the garlic slice. Mm-hmm. Where it's just creamy garlic sauce with cheese, and uh-huh. then they also put butter chicken sauce on that. It was oh, so dear. good. <laughs> oh, that's good uh, after just... after drinking too much wine at Seven Dining Lounge last night, that's exactly what I wanted for breakfast before I picked you up from the airport. It was great. So nice. <laughs> so you got to take the Sky Train for the first time. Yeah. How did you How did you feel about it? Um, it went underground for part of it. We were so like, I this just, is a misnomer then. Right? Well, I didn't know it was a sky train until just now. Um, <laughs> Thought it was a subway that was up sometimes. Right. <laughs> but um, it was really smooth. Smooth ride. Smooth ride, yeah. Um, <laughs> Driverless. It's pretty fancy. What? Yeah. yeah. I didn't it's electric. Boogie woogie woogie? Yeah, it's like a maglev. No, it's not maglev. Is it maglev? No. I don't know what that is. I just don't know Okay, what, okay. So, so there, like, some, is there like a, somebody on a yeah, it's like there's a central control and it's just like electric and it's just driven yeah, by like automatically. Arcade. It can be driven manually. They have to like pull off the panel in the front and like someone comes along with their like crazy hex key and opens it up and goes, do, 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 I'm a conductor now. <laughs> I'm but, sure that's what they say to them. They pull out a strap, uh, like a stripey hat. Yeah. <laughs> go to town. Uh, it was really nice. Yeah. And then we got to see um, the center of town, right? Yep. We stopped in downtown. Waterfront, I guess. Uh, no, we got off at City Center. I was hoping to see some buskers, because mm-hmm. Calvin was asking about what the busker sort of culture was in Vancouver, and yeah. there's, like, special areas that you need to have a permit and that you can, like, busk in, and then lots of other places are a little more rogue. Um... I but, think that's a, it's amazing that you even have a culture, like a, an infrastructure for that, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that, that, I mean, if you have rules, that means it's a thing, you know yeah. what I mean? Whereas, <laughs> Granville Island is definitely, right, like, buskers central. Right, I forgot. Granville Island has, like, this really intense busker system because everyone wants to play there. It's a super popular touristy area. Super tourist trap. Like a big, I actually love it there. Yeah. Great market. Yeah, and then there's all these different spots that people can busk, and in the morning you're supposed to go, first you get a permit so a specifically, and there's a lottery mm-hmm. for spots. Yeah, yeah, which crazy. is pretty fun because like each you can make like a lot of money when you're playing there. Oh yeah, like yeah. My favorite thing on Granville Island is not a busker, but there is like a, a teen girl who I can't. I think she may be homeless or something similar, but she's like uh, the pigeon whisperer. And the last few times I've gone, she's been there with just like twenty five pigeons on her body at any given moment, and I'm like. Can we be friends, please? <laughs> Teach me do, your do secrets. You, does she have a money collection thing, or is she just there? I think she just really likes pigeons. Oh goodness! I think she's just into them. It's just they like the it's like the out. it's like the really oh it's like the, the it's like the uh, prequel to Home Alone Two, Lost in New York, where the pigeon lady uh, it's her origin story. <laughs> I love I love birds. I love the birds that we have commonly here, except seagulls because they can go fuck themselves. But I like and a pigeon. Canada geese can fuck right off. Oh, Canada geese can fuck. Right. I don't even think of them as birds, honestly. <laughs> They're, they're, just, they're like people who got <laughs> cursed by a witch and are really pissed off. You're gonna have to explain this one to me. Uh, okay, it's a real I mean, I know, shit I know, goose. I know what it is, but like, because they come through Kansas City as well. Yeah, they why, just, why do you they chill here them? a lot? 
Yeah, and they, they just have bad tempers. If you get close to them, they hiss at you and they bite and been like bitten snap. By geese. Have you been bitten by a goose mm-hmm. many times? Have they, you? They, yes. What? Why? Yeah, because you get too close to them as a child and they like hiss and snap and they like. Well, it's like a swan. They could fucking break your arm. Can Probably they? not your femur. Yeah, it's a special. <laughs> but no, they like I got bit on the hand by one, and like they just poop everywhere. So like every really nice park, like I have this incredibly strong memory of going to Stanley Park with my dad when I was four and kneeling down in a bunch of goose shit and just wailing the whole way home. Oh. Also, I got bitten by several geese. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I have not had boundaries with birds ever. I just like <laughs> molest them. <laughs> oh, no. Or chase them, really. I don't ever get close enough to touch them. But But they get close enough to touch you. Sure. Sometimes you can be sitting, minding your own business, having a delicious picnic with your friend, and then the geese start encroaching on you, and they just keep getting closer and closer, and suddenly there's more of them. And they're biting you. Then they just come up to you, and then they start hissing, and then they threaten to, like, snap and bite. That's so rude. (laughs) (laughs) It's extremely rude. That's so rude. That's why I feel like they're a menace. And I hate them. Can you hunt them here? No, but Ed <laughs> always like wants. Ed always wants to, and he's like, "There are so many. Why can't we just hunt them?" I, them. They're a protected species. I, I have I a think. bow and arrow, but there's so many of them. Why are they protected? <laughs> I don't there's know. There's so many. It's so fu- like he doesn't even eat birds. Like he doesn't even eat chicken. Yeah, he said that he would if he shot it with a bow and arrow. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants like a he wants a malice bird to eat. Like he wants to kill. He wants like a vengeance bird. <laughs> They're and that horrible. will taste the sweetest. Yeah. I actually don't know if a Canada goose tastes... I assume it just tastes like a goose. Yeah, I would imagine they're fine. Do you eat other geese? I have never had goose. I've never had duck either, I don't oh, think. Duck is, duck is nice. It's like a greasy chicken. Yeah, mm-hmm. really greasy. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see it on a menu, I'm like, this seems pretty greasy. Like, But Katie, grease is delicious. So why are you not eating it? Yeah. Well, I don't know. You should try it. Okay. You should let us that was a very very easy sell, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Duck a l'orange, or well, the I, like, I went to Locust for dinner tonight on Main and Twenty Sixth. I want to say they are like Locust Dining Lounge, or mm-hmm. whatever it's called. It's one of my I love that restaurant. It's really awesome. Um, and they have like a duck salad. Ooh. And I thought like mm, that looks pretty good, but I was like, I don't know, it looks greasy. So next time I go, I'll get it just because you told me to. <laughs> and I want to. I want to. Very suggestive. I'm going to subscribe to this podcast. Okay. And I want to hear a, a review on that okay. dish. I'm going to eat that <laughs> fucking duck. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to us on iTunes and if you like the show you can give us a rating as well <laughs> thanks we for reminding me yes. desperate for validation I don't know you are I am I, I guess I am too <laughs> I'm not as desperate I'm like who was a <laughs> who was a more nurtured only child <laughs> me <laughs> I was after age 14 <laughs> they're good now oh my goodness I'm sweaty I'm gonna have to talk to my parents about that now I'm sure <laughs> Anyway. Do we want to take a break or? Yeah, maybe let's take a little break and sure. air out the studio right. a bit. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> mm. So we're back. Hey. Hey. <laughs> we didn't go far. Mm-mm. Not too far. You didn't go far either, hopefully, listener. <laughs> what, do, what do people do listening to this podcast? I'd be curious. Probably driving. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Commuting on transit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Walking. Doing chores. chores those yeah. kinds of things. I haven't asked, like, the three people who've told me that they listen to it. I guess my parents listen to it on the road. Mm-hmm. Usually driving, yeah. That's when I listen to them. I, I, I'll listen to, like, nine in a row if I'm going down to Portland or something. <laughs> Not ours, but because I've heard them already because I was here. <laughs> <laughs> I still listen to them, though. Yeah. Is that narcissistic? A little bit, but it's good. I think it's a responsible thing to do. I like the way you think. <laughs> I mean, I listen to my music 
And I have to. It would be pretty weird yeah. if you didn't, I think. Like, I have to, well, and it's kind of funny because I often get caught, like, like looking at my Facebook or Instagram or something because po- people post things about me. I'm like, I have to make sure that this is okay to, like, leave up. Yeah. <laughs> because I could request somebody to take it down. Right. So then I'm like, you know, I'm sitting there and like they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. Just right. like <laughs> reading an article about myself. Or like, like watching videos of me, you know, like, because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it. You know? I, I don't, I don't know when it happened, but a long time, like some time ago, I've stopped hating listening to recordings of myself or watching myself on video. I'll pick out shit I don't like, especially on video. I'll be like, oh, that wasn't a very flattering outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Some bullshit like that. But like, I stopped feeling like, oh, I can't handle it. And now I'm just like, yeah, I'm cool. It's fine. Exposure like therapy. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. like I've sure. listened to fucking my own stand-up shit so much. I'm like, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But I think also when you're like actually doing this as like an artist slash creative person slash writer, like mm-hmm. you've got to keep listening to your stuff so that you can like edit or tweak and especially like all of us do live performance where sometimes a lot of the music or like the stand-up bits like they get molded by whatever the audience is doing the magic comes out you know like oh i extended this whole outro because the audience was really attuned and i didn't want to stop playing it and then i just added this other verse right Mm -hmm. you know or like with yours like i I just got this really good chunk yeah it was awesome Uh, i was like i don't riff i'm not a riffer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's too much of a baby but i just felt it yeah so the magic was inside of me yeah that's so nice <laughs> I got the magic in me. <laughs> when did you start playing music, Calvin? When did I start playing music? What I was your get, first instrument? I got duped into playing the acoustic guitar. Well, that's a pretty easy dupe. <laughs> not, not hard to find. Okay, so when I was growing up, the music that I was exposed to was like my mother's music was, was like gospel. Okay. And then my father had this great compilation series of like seventies like love jams like. <laughs> Like Al Green and, and Luther Vandross and, and, and uh, what's his name? Sex Sex Man. Marvin Gaye. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Sex Man. Mr. Sex Man. And you know, I've, I've never <laughs> thought about it, but I was probably like the product of this music, you know? So, um, reverential sexuality or something. <laughs> Sensuality, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so that was like that cut kind of my parents. And then my older brother, who is like a few years older than me listen to 90s R&B and stuff like so it was like D'Angelo and Jojo and then Jojo and Casey and uh, TLC and like that kind of stuff and like I was really drawn maybe a little genuine yes yes wow Bow, 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 bow. Bow, bow. We all know Pony. <laughs> We've all quietly shaken our asses to Pony in the privacy of our own bedrooms and maybe elsewhere. Or too. maybe elsewhere. Mostly elsewhere. I definitely but remember grinding to Pony at a school dance. That's so funny. <laughs> I can't believe you were allowed to listen to that at a school dance. Uh, it was never repeated. <laughs> 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 I was never allowed on I, the roster again. Oh, I remember listening to Limp Biscuit at a school dance once. <laughs> like, that's not a good dance song. No, no, no. Oh, the late no. 90s. Sorry. Yeah. Continue as you can. Right. Est-ce que tu peux français? Un petit peu. Un petit peu. I was very shocked that you just, like, lobbed that right back at me. I'm like, really? Beautiful. I teach French at the school, but... We're forced to do it. It's our one, our other national language. That's true. Yes, we are forced in Canada to learn French. As we're children. press ganged into doing French. <laughs> it's I'm not good at it. When you graduate uh, and you have like your grade twelve French, that's supposed to make you officially bilingual, but it is a joke. It certainly isn't. <laughs> it's a joke. It's like third grade French in grade yeah, twelve. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like when you have that certification of like, oh, I graduated like grade twelve, you can technically say like, oh, and I speak French. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm fluent so. in French. Like, okay, well, uh, speak to this foreign dignitary. Then yeah. please, like. Oh, 
<rire> euh, Beaujolais. <rire> Bernays. <rire> Just naming wet things. <rire> It's, I like to say that I can speak a lot of languages, but it's only really functional in terms of, like, I can order food, and I can ask where the bathroom is, right. and these are the important things. And, and good like, day. Yeah. Yes. And thank you, like, all the poli- politesse. Yeah, that's the important stuff. Yeah. I learned a little bit of Portuguese to go to Portugal, because people don't really speak English there as much mm-hmm. as they do in other, like, European... Mm-hmm. I don't know, this is not me complaining. <laughs> I'm like, cool, that's yeah, like... Yeah, I like learning I, Make me work languages. for it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make me gesture wildly to tell you what I want to do <laughs> or use my Google Translate, which I had to do to a pharmacist because I got athlete's foot there. <laughs> I was wow. like, I need something for foot fungus. <laughs> and I turn it around. The guy's like, hey, that's a really good translation. Fully in English. <laughs> just beautifully. In, like, no accent. Even I was just like, well, I feel like an asshole. He's like, no, no, that's great. It's a good tool. But I speak English very well. <laughs> That was a fun time. Oh, that's so good. So you had to play the acoustic guitar. I was duped. You're how duped. Are you, how are you duped into playing Listen. The, they tell you they're giving you something else and then just placed an acoustic guitar in well, your hands? Well, no. See, okay, I was I was raised on neo-soul, R&B, yes. like real soul, and mm-hmm. gospel music. Sure. The acoustic guitar represented everything that was country. Oh, and God. country at that time and that culture was as bad as mayonnaise. Was this in Kansas City? Oh, it is or? mayonnaise. It's, it's, it remains mayonnaise okay. for the most part. <laughs> was this in Kansas City? This or? was in Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, Oof. so I'm, I'm ra- I was raised on the East Coast and my family's from there. So, um, Basically, you've lived in all of the places that are in the news lately for all of their like, bigoty laws and stuff. Yeah. It's rough times. Where I come from. Rough times. Um, so, uh, so my friend, uh, she loved, loved country music. And uh, it was, I was 13, and she, or it was probably 12, actually, um, and she got a, an acoustic guitar for Christmas because she, you know, got whatever she wanted from her parents. And, um, <laughs> and by the time, it, and I think it was leap year that year, so by the time that February 29th came around, uh, I was given this guitar indefinitely because she said, Calvin, take this guitar and uh, learn how to play it and then teach me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And that's how I learned how to play the acoustic guitar. <laughs> that's quite the friendship. Right? <laughs> like, hey, do my bidding for me. <laughs> You're like, okay. Yeah, I was just like, was yeah. she cute at least? She's got her way. Yeah. <laughs> Even so, country music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she loved it, and I just could not hey, get Hey, I into lived it. in a Garth Brooks t-shirt for, like, the whole of 1996, so. <laughs> no judgment. No judgment. No judgment. <laughs> the Red Strokes tour was a good time, guys. <laughs> It was a good time country music. Oh, man. So then I, like, I was um, playing at my church a lot uh, right after that, several times a week, and, you know, as a volunteer, and um, and it, it was kind of like a boot camp for music for me. because every single week. Every like, day everything. in front of audiences for, like, at least half an hour at a time. So, like, um, I, <laughs> I was... Uh, I was having like all that practice time and hours into the instrument, uh-huh. um, and then I kind of took what I understood from the acoustic guitar and took that back to the piano and learning all the different kinds of theory and like hammer-ons on the guitar. Right. And I would take that same concept and play that on the piano, and then using the capo on the guitar and like learning how like scales work and and how basically if the bass is doing this, that's what the chord's going to sound like, and then the treble's going to do something else. And are you totally self-taught? Um, no. Okay. Because it's been a long time since then, yeah. you know? So I took piano classes in, in, in college, I, and, and some in high school as well, and then I took a voice class in college, and then uh, about six years ago, almost now, I started playing the harp. 
and um, one year before I went to Edinburgh. And uh, basically what happened is that I really, really wanted a harpist to play with me because I was like obsessed with Bjork and Joanna Newsom and uh, Florence and the Machine at the time. Those are wonderful obsessions. Right? And so I was like, and I've always been a little bit um, guilty. street girl rock. <laughs> I've always been a little bit, just a bit more ambitious than I ought to be, and so... Uh, <laughs> I think that's a your great thing. Your reach should always just slightly exceed your grasp, I think. Yeah. Because like, how do you push yourself to improve? Or? But I'm not, I wasn't even trying to improve. Like, this, these are realities that I want to exist in my world, you know? <laughs> like, I want a harpist to play with me for free. <laughs> <laughs> Every moment that I can, I'm going to do it, guys. <laughs> It's the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so I went on a hunt in Kansas City to look for somebody like that could compose their own parts, that could play by ear, that could uh, that would have time to play with me, that had desire to play with me, and would do all of that for free. And um, obviously, no one showed up. So. <laughs> That's a pretty tall order. Right. <laughs> no, I'm the tall order. Anyway, you are a very um, tall order. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd like to order a nice tall drink of water, please. <laughs> <laughs> No kidding. Okay, uh, so so then I went and I you know I was working at probably a fast food restaurant at the time, and um, a car hop, and adorable. <laughs> and so my budget was was nil. Yeah. Um, and I went to a harp studio. Um, they have those. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and I rented a harp, but I couldn't afford to take lessons as well. Okay. So this woman let me borrow, like, rent this harp on a monthly basis and never saw the harp for a whole year. And I bet she probably hated that because harps are very expensive. And I sometimes joke around and say that I'm a popper harpist because most, like, it's such a class-dividing instrument because they're right. so expensive, even at the student level. They're like $4,000 for a really, like, just, like, regular... I have. I really regular. have to wonder how much this harp costs. This one, the price tag on it was almost $5,000. Yeah. And so they more rent, than my first car. Yeah, and they rent it for hundred bucks a month. It's not bad, mm -mm. but still, not everyone can afford. Obviously, hundred bucks a month is a lot. Right, and so, so like, so students like to, yeah, to renting a bass was like twelve dollars. Yeah, right. So like, you have a lot of people who who get to play the harp start when they're very young. And it's because they there is means to do so, mm -hmm. and so their parents are being able to invest in a hundred dollars a month into an eight year old. Yeah, exactly. To play an oh, instrument. my little sweet Caitlin would look so lovely with a harp. <laughs> I'm so curious, like what's the what's the mental process? Is like, oh, we're cosplayers and we do 18th century Vienna. <laughs> <laughs> We're just really into that time. We just like to LARP, uh, you know, chamber LARP music harp. session. Yeah, harp LARP. We like to do harp LARP. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. It's very funny. But I think in general, like, these these are the same parents that would do anything for their child. And, like, they sure. have the means to, or, or at least, like, I don't know. I, I don't want to judge. It is you know, a but... very class-dividing instrument. Yes. Think, like, the only thing that's really more expensive is, like, a grand piano, probably. But yeah. you have spinets, you know? Like, you can, like, there are there are versions of this instrument you that... You can get a harpsichord. <laughs> you can get... It's, it's very different. So, yeah. like, you know, so the, the the technique that comes around the harp... Because there are other keyboarded instruments, and even, even you could get, like, yeah, a, a regular keyboard. Casio yeah. or whatever. Right, and you're doing the same motions, but with the harp, it's like, you gotta get a harp. Yeah. And you gotta There's play it. nothing but a harp for it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, the harp that I play in Kansas City, I'm still renting. 
Yeah. Um, and I've been renting for all, for over two years now, and um, and then I'm also I'm in the midst of purchasing an, the the electric harp that I play, mm-hmm. um, which is sounds I mean it's like a, a really warm rosy timbre. Um, Did you say Rhodes? Rhodesy, yeah. That's so funny because Dom was talking about how he's got this Rhodes keyboard that he's got to cart around. It's a huge pain in the ass for him yeah. to do so. He could get a smaller and cheaper keyboard, mm-hmm. but he just won't get the same sound out of it. Yeah. So that's just like there we go. There's mm-hmm. a little like tie in there to a yes. previous episode. Who's taller? Okay. Um. <laughs> We're gonna have to get you guys to stand back to back and at my house so no one else is there. <laughs> Sorry, that's rude. It's <laughs> very cute. Oh. <laughs> I'm red now. <laughs> Let's move on to a different topic. <laughs> so I've been playing harp uh, <laughs> since then, and um, this is something that I kind of, uh, I've, uh, I live my life in such a way that I'm writing the story that I want to tell. You know, I want one day I will be on my deathbed, and, and I want the stories that are told at that time to be true, and I want them to be fantastic. <laughs> and so, harps all over the Well, I mean, place. but not just harps, but everything, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so yeah, like, there, totally. was a, there was a moment in, in, in my life where it's just like, and then he played harp. You know, and I was like, okay, I have to make that a reality. And that's your and, trajectory. And that's that's where I am. Like, of course I did that. You know, that's of course so you did. Cool. <laughs> yeah, you want to have like this amazing backstory that's like you did all these different things. You experienced so many different things. You lived all over the world, right. like, and like, so you're like, story that I, I want to be that kind of person. So I guess I'm gonna have to do all those things, right? And they have to be real. Yeah, I just I love that. Like, if you're like a six foot six man. <laughs> <laughs> And people are going to be like, you play basketball? They do, they do, like every, every day. To be a black man and also that tall. Like, mm-hmm. they're just going to be like, basketball, right? Right, because that's, basketball? that's the, that's the that's potential of my existence. That's what you get to do. <laughs> For you to just be like, actually, I love Joanna Newsom and Bjork and Florence and Machine, and right. so I'm going to play the harp. Right. You're like, yeah. eat my butt, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking great. It's like yeah. me saying, like, no, I don't want to do roller derby. <laughs> <laughs> I will cast aside this fate that you've assigned right. me and do exactly. something different. Exactly. Yeah. And and like there's something very freeing about that moment where it's like, you know what? Like oh my no God, matter- when I sold my roller skates. It was so <laughs> I just felt like a weight had been lifted. I don't want like, to do roller skates. But derby. you do. You get to be you. And it's so me. great. Be and I get so to be me. Not being me. Yeah. And, it's, and I feel I feel really honored to be able to play this instrument mm-hmm. like for a living and to be able to be the first for so many audiences to see a harp in real life. Like, yeah. And I like every time this kid's in an audience, I always bring them up and I just want them to play it because I remember the first time that I saw a harp, I was four years old. Yeah. I and saw it a harp. stuck with you. And it was I, it was so transcendent and and angelic and celestial and um, I remember it even even oh. Even at four years old, being able to recognize that sensation, um, and it's kind of universal. And uh, I don't know. I just, I really, I really, I really like it. <laughs> You're just looking at that harp right now. <laughs> Let me touch you. <laughs> no, I'm closer. <laughs> I just thought it was so cool that, like, I literally walked into Long and McQuaid and was like, "Hi, I need a harp. Can you rent?" those how like where could I get one they're like oh we have four which one do you want so I picked the the easiest one to carry around please well I got this one just was the one all the other ones had some repairs that needed to be done and that kind of stuff but then I like texted a picture to Calvin was like how about this one you're like that looks pretty (laughs) so (laughs) beautiful now now you get to like because me playing like a rental instrument when I go other places and like try to get cellos Mm -hmm. like 
A, it's a huge ordeal. So thank you, Canada, for being very easy about just, like, renting whatever. Yeah. Like, I had to rent my cello in Edinburgh for, like, the three months I had to get a resident who lived there to help me rent it. Mm-hmm. And I had to, like, submit a huge credit report. And Fuck. when I went down to Oakland to rent a cello, I basically had to buy it and then return it, which... Was very expensive. It was a two hundred dollar student piece of shit plywood cello, oh. and then two strings broke while I was playing it. Oh, no. So like our gigs were, shit. I just had to play two strings, <laughs> just the two low ones, which are the good ones anyway. <laughs> That's the important shit. And That's then I just crazy. sang and played bass. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, and then when I went to Berlin. I also had to get a resident to come and rent it for me, like, because they're afraid that you're going to run off with it, I guess, but... It's hard to run off with a cello. But in Canada, they're just like, yep, cool, here you go. (laughs) Give me your credit card and you can have that. Yeah, basically. (laughs) And they're like, we know how to find you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it was totally fine. But, like, getting now, like, your hands on a new instrument is, like, sometimes hard because you're used to playing the same one, but... It's also kind of fun to play a new thing. Well, the harps, uh, the main difference that you're going to get out of a different kind of folk harps would Mm -hmm. be the tone. Mm -hmm. Um, But a well-made instrument is a well-made instrument, and I'm not picky. So, um, no, this one's pretty. (laughs) (laughs) It's very, we'll have to, like, add a picture of it or something, but it's got some really beautiful, like, inlaid wood stuff going, like, like, these leaves. I kind of thought that they looked maple leaf-ish, so it would be a good Canadian harp for you. know, that, that <laughs> thought occurred to They don't look like maple leaves, really, but, but they, 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 they kind of do. Or they're like oak leaves or something mm. like that. Well, I don't know what fucking trees are. <laughs> 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 I'm not a botanist. I know oh. geology. Ask me what a mineral is, and I'll tell you. Um, so, uh, but, but a, I, I hear what you're saying, cause, but yeah. the thing, another thing about harps... Like I said, they're they start at the four thousand dollar level, yeah, right? So, they're so, all so that's a so you're not work. gonna get you're not gonna find a crappy harps. Crap, I mean, yeah. I have one. You can't be a casual harpist. You really, yeah, no. I have a plywood harp, and um, and it's already warped so bad that I can't really play it any, oh, anymore. Yeah. And um, but I would never imagine that a store would rent one of those out. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's really a, a toy. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, no. So, harps, yeah. It's not the real deal. The look on your face when you're about like, to stretch I was like, it. mommy, may I? <laughs> I was going to say... for approval in all things. I was going to say shitty didn't grin, but... <laughs> <laughs> that is my general grin, yeah. Oh, man. Oh boy, guys. Oh, it's yeah. warm in here. I'm just feeling so content. Yeah. I'm just really happy this that you're lovely. here to visit and we're going to get to play some <laughs> this music. This is like a nice, snuggly little fun time. Yeah. yeah. I must say. Um, so we're like pretty much at an hour and we're going to play some music. Um, but is there any other things that you wanted to talk about? Like, I know like now you have started doing some music for like yoga classes. Yeah. You also teach children, which is really beautiful. Do you really sit in on the yoga so... classes and play there? Mm-hmm. That's it's wonderful. I went to Chris was doing that for a while with a trio mm-hmm. and had a vocalist and a what was the other thing? A violin, a violin, her cello, and a vocalist. And I did a restorative class with her, and it was one of the most fun times I've ever had. Doing something good for myself. Yeah, just lying on the ground and Owing getting like sound off. sound bathed. Yeah, yeah totally. Great. So the lucky people of Kansas City get to have some. Yeah, so I'll be doing a lot more of that. And you know, honestly, I feel like for me, music is so much more than an entertainment. Like it is a it is a connecting point, and it's a medium by which I, I express myself and and the other people express themselves, and mm-hmm. like so much deeper than language. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like I always want to explore, um, what is music beyond the song. 
and and like what does that mean and then how do we how do we use it to, to heal the physical body and the yeah. physical frame and and the mind and how those are connected and hmm. um i don't know we can talk about that maybe later um, <laughs> well, I, I like we can talk like, about it now i don't know <laughs> i like the idea of like resonance being like sort of a something that's even if it's a placebo effect it's quite effective so here's here's my theory okay i didn't go to college i mean i did for a little bit but that doesn't matter i have, but I have <laughs> for a different thing. I went for a long time and it still doesn't matter <laughs> right. so so my 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 belief and my understanding is that um that disease in the body is caused by by dissonance um and so like if you have like there's a gap between what you believe and what you do that there's a dissonance or um or if you have like stress in the body mm -hmm. that that also is a dissonance and you mm -hmm. and you feel like okay this thing is literally going to kill me whatever it is it could be your job it could be your, your financial needs or restrictions it could be um a deadline like if i don't do this i'm literally going to die you know and, and your physical your world is going to be over and so those things turn off your immune system and makes it so that your body can't restore itself. It yeah. can't heal itself because your immune system is the only thing in your body that can heal itself. Mm -hmm. Medicine and science and all that stuff only assists what your body's immune system already does. Mm -hmm. That's very Gabor Mate when the body says no. Um, he has read? a book. I have it. Fantastic. I'll give it to you. Okay. Um, <laughs> I really like it. Okay. It very much supports this. Yeah, where right. it's just like stress affects your immune system and like right. people that hold in stress or don't express their emotions or mm -hmm. don't express like their own needs and just kind of subsume their needs into right. like other people's shit, whatever that mm -hmm. might be. Like your body just finally is like, no, and like will fuck up in some way. You'll right. get cancer. Like a lot of like autoimmune diseases like MS and stuff like that he found happens to people that are not as... And they don't feel like they have as much agency in their life as they'd yeah. like to, so that's an interesting... Mm -hmm. Like, autoimmune disease, to, I mean, like, again, mm -hmm. I don't have, like, years of research, but I hope to one day. Yeah. You I know, think it's definitely correlative. Yeah. I don't necessarily think like, it's, like, I feel you're that, cancer because you're stressed, but no, you can't but, fight things off if you're stressed. Yes. Imagine that autoimmune disease is, is linked to, to self-hatred, and, and, like, they are, they are manifestations of the same root problem. Um, and I feel that music, in ways that other... Other mediums can, in an instant or in the matter of seconds, change the environment of a room mm -hmm. and change the demeanor of a, of a human. Mm -hmm. And so, I I believe that music can be administered like medicine to reinvigorate the immune system mm -hmm. and cause healing to the human body. And mm -hmm. that is way more important than than how many people coming to my show. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, like, that's where, that's the kind of, you know, another part of the story that I want to write about, yeah. you know, my life and, like, where I want to go with, with what music has taken me so far and where I see it taking me in the future. Mm. I definitely think that beautiful resonant music is a is a, a true, like, tool in the health toolbox. Absolutely. I mm -hmm. think that's really something that, because it relates so tightly to stress, like, so closely to stress, and it's so stress-relieving when it when it hits you, you know, mm -hmm. when it just really just, once it hits your lips, like, that kind of thing, like, <laughs> it hits your ears, once it gets in your body and in your nerves, it's such a such a soother, mm -hmm. I think, and I really felt that after that class, like, I, I don't think I got sick for a really long time after Aww. I did that, because it was just, like, I feel reset, I feel like I'm back to, like, a good, fresh start kind of thing, and that's, it feels like it's very cleansing in some ways, mm -hmm. and I think that's a really wonderful thing, yeah, that's why I love... I love sound. We've established this on the podcast many times. I listen to those ASMR videos. I love, like, the, what's the word I've heard? Frisson is, like, the feeling that you get in your body when you hear, like, this incredible piece of music or something. Like, something just resonates with you, and you're like, oh, it just clicks, and everything just flows mm -hmm. together really mm -hmm. beautifully. 
And I think that those are like magical moments in life that make us healthy and connected people. Have either of you heard of the um, documentary called Alive Inside? Mm -mm. Um, I think it was on Netflix for a while, but it might not be there still. Um, The documentary uh, talks about and documents um, how music helps bring back um, people who suffer with Alzheimer's and dementia. Oh, yeah. Their their memory. I read a bunch. Mm. Oliver Sacks wrote Mm -hmm. a lot of really good pieces like that where, like, there was a man who used to be a choir teacher and he had some kind of brain injury or Alzheimer's. I can't remember what. But then this piece that he used to sing in choir came on the radio or something, and he, like, stood up and, like, sang the whole thing and then sat back down to, like... So, yeah. like, these things, like, music gets lodged into our brain way deeper than just our, like, right. surface. And yeah. so what 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 they're finding is that in the matter of, of, of seconds, you know, it re, recharges parts of the mind, you know? I, I just think music has so much more to offer than pop charts and Billboard, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just think there's so much more to it. There's value to all of it. I mean, yeah. I love dumb pop music very much. No, totally, and, and totally. Just, like, it lifts me up. And but we have a lot of it. But we have a lot of it. Well, I mean, it's like, it's processed food, right? Like, I right. fucking love an Oreo every right. now and again, but I gotta have, like, vegetables, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I gotta have, like, a nice, right. a nice restorative how do you, stew in the winter How do you sustain like this frame, you mm-hmm. know? And it's got to be with more than just fast food and, and Oreos. Yeah. I mean, you could survive on those things, but it's surviving. <laughs> what a, ain't what a living. life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't living, it's just surviving. Well, I know that. So as soon as we got back to my house after picking up from the airport, Calvin, I was like, oh, come meet your harp. And he sat down and just started immediately playing and singing yeah. an original song. My roommate was in the living room and had to, like, get up. He was like, whoa, because, like, your voice is so powerful. <laughs> And then the harp, and, like, I just sat on the couch, and he stood in the corner, like, watching, and, like, my core temperature went up, like, a few degrees. <laughs> wow. I just, like, sort of shut my eyes and, like, collapsed into this, like, pile of pillows, and it felt so good. <laughs> so like, he was fully blue like, John away, basically. <laughs> oh, I, that was me, though, too, yeah. Oh, yeah? But, yeah, John was just like, oh, it's so, like, it's so loud, and, like, so, like, energizing. Yeah. That, like, it felt so nice. <laughs> I love that you just had the comfort to just, like, come in and just be like, I'm just going to sing right now. Like, well, you're why just, not? I know. Why? It's why you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Shake off all those, like, weird little travel gremlins that cling on to you. Oh, yeah. I was like, this, oh, I'm home again. <laughs> Thank God. It's a harp here. It's so fun. <laughs> Everyone go get a harp. <laughs> or just go to Long McQuaid and annoy the fuck out of them there. Yeah, apparently people play them all the time. <laughs> and they say it's fairly low barrier to pluck a string. Exactly. And because it sounds so nice, like Calvin, you were saying, like, you're starting to learn the violin and you're like, it's so yeah. hard to make a nice sound. Whereas with the harp, you could just play it. It always sounds pretty. Right. Like, if it's in tune. Yeah. Right. Fair. <laughs> violin is not easy. It's yeah. no, it's not. But I'm going to learn how to play it. Bow. Yeah. Of course you will. I'm going to learn how to play it. Utter yeah. face. I have to. Yeah. Whole body face. But like, uh, they say, especially <laughs> at the music store, it's mostly kids that come up and like pluck the harp. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, oh, I don't know why, like, this is all out of tune and the levers are all pulled up. Because it's like, kids just want to like pluck and play with like all the things and so experiment. Somebody on staff needs to know what to do with it. And they do. I mean, they don't have to yeah. be an expert, but they need to be able to say, okay, this is how you do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I teach beginner violin. I don't play violin, but I know what, how that works. Yeah. <laughs> and I know how you're supposed to hold the, hold the bow, you know? And at least you can say, this is the process. This is how you start, mm-hmm. you know? Because that's, that's way more than them playing with the bow upside down or, like, with a, a wrong hand. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you just get them set up with, the, with in the right trajectory. Then what they do from there is, is they're kind of on their own that choice. That is actually how I've taught cello. Like, people are like, oh, do you teach cello lessons? I'm like, no. But I have taught people, and it's especially adults that are trying to learn the cello and are just not 
comfortable and they're like, how do I hold it? How do I sit with it? The basics. I'm like, I've got, like, I feel very comfortable in my body with this instrument. So I'll happily show you like how to hold it, how to position it for your body. Like you have to adjust the height of the end pin. You have to sit with it this way. And I really tried to get them to like relax. It's a lot of tense people that want to play this instrument. This one woman was a flautist and she wanted to learn the cello. And I was like, well, I've played both so I can tell the difference of like each one, like the flute, you have to hold yourself so rigid to play you don't really, but, like, you, you do. often do. But the cello, it's like, sit comfortably, mm-hmm. like, put it between your legs, like, drape your body on it, just hug it, and I get them to just rock with it back and forth for a while to just, like, get really comfy. And then, like, just get them to, like, be comfortable with the bow and then just play the low strings. That's it. Feels like, that's good, that's the first lesson. It feels amazing. And they normally wind up going on to keep playing it. And then, like, if they're playing yeah. the low strings, I'll, like, jam along with them on my cello. And then it's like, look, you're making music. Mm-hmm. Hooray, you did it. Don't yeah. be nervous. That's so it's great. not scary. So yeah. I'm like, I could do beginner cello lessons again, I guess, if it's mm-hmm. just the body work part of it. Yeah. And I think that, like, for me, what my whole, like, I totally, I love that because yeah. when I'm teaching music, my first priority, my first priority is how do I get the student to fall in love? Ah. Uh. How do I get them to fall in love with making music? Because for students who, who you know, not everybody wants to be Mozart. Mm-hmm. Not everybody wants to play Rachmaninoff. You know what I mean? Like they just want to be able to play like piano. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to play the songs they love, and they hear on the radio, and they want to sing. You know. Mm-hmm. And so, like, how do I get them to fall in love with making music? And then if they want to do those other things, they will find a way. You know. But I just want to get it in their hands as, yeah. as fast as possible. It's gorgeous. I love it. I love that. That feels like a good place to end. That <laughs> it does. Like, it go, felt very organic Go to me. pick up an instrument. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to do a bonus episode that'll come out in a few days from now uh, with some, some harp and some singing and some cello. Should be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Thank Calvin. you for coming, Calvin. <laughs> it was lovely times. Oh.